At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v It is Follow the Money. Dave Ross and Matt Humans in for Mitch and Polly. They will be back on Monday here on this Thursday morning. Good morning to you, Matt. We got a, uh, another fun show today. Going to have Greg Peterson. Somebody on Twitter just said, does, does Hoops Peterson ever sleep? I think Hoops Peterson answers that question on Twitter on a daily basis. And he says, I'll sleep when I'm dead. That's what he says. Uh, pretty much every time. So, Greg Peterson, no, he does not sleep much. And uh, if you follow his Hoops handicapping, you can probably understand why. Mm-hmm. Because he's a very busy man. Plus, he's engaged and uh, he likes to take his fiance out to dinner every night. So Every night. It seems like he posts a lot of selfies on Twitter. Have you seen those? He, yeah, I, I'm impressed by that because I mean, like every night, that's that actually takes effort. Keith Smith's going to join us as well, talk NBA, and then oh my goodness, Tyler folds him. Is that right? That can't be right. Tyler's going to join the program as well. He's your best friend, isn't he? I don't like to admit that publicly, but yeah. Do you rank your friends if you ranked them one, two, three, four, five through ten. Tyler would be number one. He'd be very close. <laughs> uh, Tim Doyle, I hope Tim's not watching back in Chicago. I love Timmy D as well. But we're going to have a lot of fun uh, today, obviously. We were going to get to some sound, too, from uh, Greg Gutekunst, uh, because, or Brian Gutekunst, rather, because Brian had his press conference yesterday after A.A. Ron. I was going to say, I hope he didn't have his brother Greg My talking goodness. about yeah. Brian, will, uh, we'll hear from Brian and his thoughts on the Packers situation. He basically, in a nutshell, says, no fire sale coming but we'll find out what that means for the Packers organization. And certainly not just Aaron Rodgers, but also Devontae Adams as well. And we'll get into some NFL futures in just one second, but we do have a big one potentially on tap tonight. And we talked about it yesterday that sometimes the the bias of Gonzaga is that they're not necessarily visible once they go into the conference schedule, right? And obviously they're number one in the country. They're the shortest odds to cut down the nets when it's all said and done, something they haven't done before. But they're going to take on the Dons tonight at San Francisco. And right now we're seeing the Zags around 10. We have seen it drop to, to 9.5 in some spots. But right now, pretty much market-wide around 10. you got to understand, look, they're just blowing people out in the WCC. Winning margin, 27 points. Whoa. Last matchup, though, they only won by 16. Bulldogs, only as you pointed out yesterday, Matt, they're not really tested on the road, Right. And the Dons coming off a huge win, 33-point win at Pacific. Mm-hmm. Any danger lurking tonight if you wanted to back the Bulldogs and lay the 10? 
Yeah, I think there is, and that's why uh, this graphic we have says number one Zags on upset alert with a question mark because I think they might be tonight. This is going to be an electric atmosphere in the Hilltop in San Francisco, and this is a, a game that means a hell of a lot to the uh, home underdog here. This could be a, a huge win for the San Francisco program if they can get this tonight. Now, if you're going to bet this, you can catch uh, San Francisco plus 10. You don't have to get the straight-up win on the money line, about 4-1 to one odds. Plus three seventy five, plus four dollars or so. If you think San Francisco could pull the upset, uh, I think the Zags need to be on upset alert here because, uh, as we pointed out there, the, this is only their fifth true road game of the season. They have not played a top twenty five opponent on the road. They did play at BYU and they blew out the Cougars in Provo. And uh, ironically, I bet um, Gonzaga that night at BYU. I just felt that was going to be a, a runaway. Mm-hmm. I like the dog in this spot tonight. I think this is going to be one of those. Situations where the Zags are finally going to have to sweat one out, and uh, actually, I think Mark Few kind of wants that yeah. for his team because uh, it's been just blowout after blowout, and that's not a good thing when you go into March. You need to have your team in some tight games. I, I think Few kind of wants to see his team in a tight spot tonight, and I think he's going to get that. And uh, you're seeing at some sharp books out there that this number's dropping to nine and a half. So you're having some. Uh, I think you got some sharp betting groups taking a ten with San Francisco. I took the ten last night. Uh, actually, I took ten and a half at a local book that um, I have an app there, and that was the only ten and a half I could find in town. But uh, that one's, I believe, has disappeared at this point. But uh, you know, ten, ten and a half, I think is a reasonable number. I know Greg Peterson, who's going to be on with us later this hour. His, uh, I think, raw number on this game is either twelve or twelve and a half. But it's interesting to me, uh, Dave, when we talk about Gonzaga, how. You know, you say that the national media may not watch all the games, may not respect Gonzaga enough. I, I think Gonzaga actually is getting too much respect a lot of times. Based on last year, going to the national championship. Well, just in the last three or four years. Because every time we come out of the Super Bowl, it's like, it seems like every year. Gonzaga's number one, right. head and shoulders above everybody else. And uh, that was what was that was the talk last year at this time. And I did not think the Zags were head and shoulders above all other teams Last year, and they had to squeak by UCLA. They got uh, run off the court by the Baylor Bears in the championship game. And I don't think this Gonzaga team's as good as last year's uh, version. I'm, I'm not sure anybody does. I'm no. sure, I, I doubt Mark Few would even say that. But it's interesting tonight because the San Francisco team's 22-7, and seven, like you pointed out, off a 33-point win against Pacific. So they're playing good basketball. I think they've got to be confident. They hung in the first time these teams met January 20th. In Spokane, it was a 16-point loss. Uh, I, th- I think the the Dons feel like um, they can give uh, the Zags a good run for the money tonight. Yeah, I think what happens is, again, because unless you're really locked in, even throughout football season and certainly the NFL playoffs, is that in that conference, in the West Coast Conference, because they run through it, because that their margin of victory is 27 points going 10-0 and uh, so far in the WCC, it's that we almost forget about Gonzaga collectively, right? Not necessarily the hardcore basketball. Certainly, I hope the voters are all watching uh, if they're taking their job seriously. But I think for the general public, it's more of a malaise because we don't see them. They're not in the battle wars of the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big 12, right, that we're, that we're so accustomed to seeing on the East Coast and the Midwest. So you forget about the Zags for a couple months after the early non-con when right. they do play the Dukes and come up short in that game. Well, they also blew out UCLA. Mm-hmm. I was at that game at T-Mobile Arena on the Strip, and that was very impressive. And I think that's when a lot of people formed the perception of, wow, this Gonzaga team's powerful. And uh, believe it or not, Gonzaga went off at some spots, including the Golden Nugget across the street here 
as a nine-point favorite over Duke. Wow. In that neutral at T-Mobile about a week after that. The Zags lost that game. They lost to Alabama up in Seattle. And since then, you know, they, they've uh, played Texas Tech. They've also played Texas. I think Texas Tech's playing a lot better now. They are. There was early in the season. Uh, Texas, we've seen, has a, a team with a, a lot of flaws. Not as good as we thought Chris Beard's first team going to be. But the key is Mark Few does a great job of testing his team in the first two months. The problem is in January and February, his team doesn't get tested. Maybe tonight uh, the Zags get that test at San Francisco. And that's why I think it's so hard to gauge because you know, you look at Texas Tech and you say, yeah, they've clearly gotten better as the season has gone on, right? So now even though Gonzaga hasn't lost in, in the conference, you go, have they gotten better? So that's really the hardest thing to gauge. So clearly – because they're now number one with a bullet, right? But who have they played in that span? I think you mentioned it yesterday. The strength of schedule just isn't there to be warranted. Yeah, not in the past two months it's not. It right? was there in the non-conference, right. so but that's, not in the past two months. I think that's the hardest thing when you try to judge before you get to March here, which is just going to be in, in about a week and a half, that you go, well, so if, if they run through the Dons tonight, if they run through the WCC, which we expect them to do, and they actually have, after this, got a road game at St. Mary's. And that's a real, that'll be a so, real road, road test. A, another, another test this week. By the way, in the book we're sitting at right now, Circus Sports, it's Gonzaga versus the field. The Zags are plus 337, the field minus 467. That's, that's a lot of respect that Matt Metcalf, the Circus Sportsbook director, is giving the Zags at plus 337. Wow win the national championship, especially when you talk about all the quality contenders that are up there. Kentucky, Duke, Arizona, I could go on and on. We, well, we, we talked at length yesterday about, you know, my top 10, the Kim Palm top 15. Um, we had a, a guest on yesterday, Johnny Avello, who, who said he thought at least 15 teams, maybe more, can win this championship. And you're talking about the Zags at plus 337 to win the title right here at Circa. Well, that's astounding when you think of last year's team that didn't cut down the nets, that got absolutely blown out by, by Baylor, Jalen Suggs isn't walking through that door this year. Uh-huh. So if you want to take them to run the gamut and, and win the whole thing with that plus price tag over $3, that's great. But what would lead you to believe other than they're more than likely going to be number one out West? And that's what the committee seems to do every year. I know the pods, it doesn't mean as much as it used to. Yeah, it sure looks like you know, the Zags would be number one in the West and Arizona – probably a number one somewhere else. Right. Yeah. It, right. So I just look at it and I go, man, that, that's, that seems like we're jumping the gun just a little bit on a Gonzaga team that we know is not as good as last year's team that was not able to run the gamut and do that. So got to pretty me, close. They got pretty close. We got run off the floor by Baylor. And I think that that, that UCLA game in the semifinal game is the one that they're going to look back on and go, we didn't have the juice to go in 48 hours to win on the Saturday night in an exhausting game that went to overtime mm-hmm. and then turn it back, run it back. I guess you could say that. I think that's a lame excuse, but, but I mean, it's some take people would out, say that. Right? And, and right now you would ask, would you bet the no on Gonzaga? You know, because you got the Zags versus the field, and uh, the field here minus, four, minus 467. I don't want to lay that right now. Maybe I'll lay that when I see the brackets. I want to see who else is in Gonzaga's region on selection Sunday, March 13th, before I would lay that 467. Last year when I saw the bracket, I 
So, wow, the Zags got an easy path to the Final Four. Is this an albatross around the neck of one Mark Few? Because, look, I, look. No, I don't like, think so. I don't think so. You look how far he's taken that program in the past 20 years. He's yeah. reached two championship games. I mean, he's done a hell of a job. It's so hard to win a national championship, man. He's had two, he's had two great cracks at it. That's the way I look at Jim Beheim. I mean, if it's not for 2003 Carmelo Anthony, the great Jim Beheim, mm-hmm. what, second most wins right now behind K? Like, yeah. never would have won a championship. Thank goodness he had Carmelo Anthony and – GMAC and company to get that done. Think about it, Dave. 25 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, Gonzaga was a Cinderella going to the dance. Oh, yeah. A 12 seed, a 9 seed. Uh, Now you're talking about the Zags routinely being a 1 seed. You know, routinely being a 1 seed. Mark Fuse done a hell of a job. This first hour, Father Money is presented exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at betrivers.com. When we come back, you win some. Well, then you lose some as well. We'll break it down. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Some Lose Some is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at BetRivers.com. Were you a winner last night? Wow, winning. Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser! You're a loser! Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in Win Some, Lose Some. It is time for Win Some, Lose Some. Dave Ross alongside Matt Eamons right here on Follow the Money. And uh, how'd you do last night? Not great, but I did uh, hit a couple money line parlays because I played some favorites in the top 25. Remember we talked about Kentucky. Duke. Duke. Kentucky. How about Wisconsin? There you go. Come through Kentucky, in the clutch. Kentucky, Duke, Wisconsin. Those teams came through with straight-up wins last night if you played money lines. Uh, win some. College basketball top 25 favorites. 7-0 and straight up on Wednesday night. Been a lot of favorites cashing uh, this week. And I think that's to your point, which we discussed yesterday, that if you want look, Duke, it was a sweat in Charlottesville. They won by four, 65-61. They didn't cover their number, which was five. Yeah. But they do get the uh, the straight-up win there. So Wisconsin, the money line play, right. Wisconsin, a five, five-and-a-half-point favorite, one by one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and death. Kentucky, uh, we were surprised Ty Ty Washington did not play, but Kentucky uh, closed, let's say, six-and-a-half and, a half and uh, won a close game last mm-hmm. night, too. So those teams didn't cover, but did – if you uh, played them on the money line. Also last night, this was a blowout. Loyola, Chicago. Uh, the money's Ooh. slightly on the Ramblers. They moved from 20 to 21-point favorites at Evansville. Won the game 82-31. to 31. Here's from um, 
college hoops writer Kevin Sweeney. Among the many, many hilarious stats from Loyola's 82-31 win over Evansville, Ramblers senior walk-on Will Alcock, who played seven minutes, scored as many points, nine, as any Evansville player. A walk-on who played seven minutes. How do you score 31 points in a D1 game? I guess we've got to ask Bobby Hurley because Arizona State did that earlier this season. Uh, How about Davidson? Another rocking chair winner if you had the Wildcats. Uh, opened eight and a half point favorites, closed nine. Uh, probably should have been some more money on Davidson last time because they rolled the Wildcats 74-50 at Duquesne. Uh, win some, Loyola and Duquesne, big winners. And those are going to be two dangerous mid-major type teams when we get to the tournament. We talked about New Mexico State, Murray State, Davidson, Loyola. Keep an eye on teams like that when we get to March. And again, you look at the Davidson score and you go, well, that thing was just never competitive. They only, were only up three at the it half. It was a tight game at halftime. 36-33. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, second half, boom. Here they come. That, they are a, they're going to be one of those, what, 12-5 type matchups that you go, a 12 always beats a 5. Yeah, let me tell you something about Davidson. they got a lot of guys who can shoot. Mm-hmm. That's a team of sharpshooters. Last night in that game, they hit 11 for 23 from three-point range. And that's going to be a dangerous team. You get to the tournament right now in the A-10. Davidson 13-2 and and 23-4 and overall. Let's get to lose some. And yeah. I had a loser here with Rutgers. I, I knew this was a square play, a square underdog. But it made a lot of basketball sense. If you look at the Michigan bench, uh, the Wolverines really had nothing in reserve. They didn't need it last night. You know why? Rutgers' top two players, Geo Baker, Ron Harper, Jr. combined 0-for-8 from three-point range. And the Scarlet Knights 2-for-12. From three, So the same Rutgers team that won at Wisconsin a week and a half ago uh, pretty much got blown out last night at Michigan. A shorthanded Wolverines team without Musa Diabate. Caleb Houston, a career-high 21 points. Phil Martelli on the bench yeah. gets the win. I didn't think the coaching change was going to make a difference in the game. Martelli's a great coach. But I thought Michigan was maybe too shorthanded to cover that number. Not the case. Uh, so that's a loser with Rutgers, 71-62 to in Ann Arbor. And uh, last night, the Red Wings went from plus 250 to plus 210. We stay in Michigan. There was money on the dog in this NHL game. Red Wings, Avalanche, Colorado, crushed Detroit 5-2. to two. That's a loser for uh, dog players on the hockey side. But I will say this, and this was bad for the books last night. Again, we're talking about favorites, cleaning the board. Mm-hmm. NHL favorites, 5-0 and oh, uh, Wednesday night. Man. Colorado, Dallas, L.A., Montreal, Tampa Bay. All five of those teams favored and won in the NHL last night and one bad beat, and I was on the wrong side of this one. Uh-oh. Triple overtime is where dogs go to uh. die. Xavier really seemed to be the right side mm-hmm. through two overtimes, all the way through regulation <laughs> through two overtimes, and then uh, the game got away in the third overtime. 99-92. The Musketeers go down at Providence. And this Friars team, we've talked about been playing with fire. It's also been an extremely lucky Providence team. Now, I know a lot of sharp betters were trying to fade last night and will keep, keep trying to fade into March because the, the close game luck has been uh, unbelievable the way it's gone the Providence way. It, it is stunning the way that that game felt like it was never going to end last night. And again, if you were if you had Xavier, again, they, they did catch the first half. The other point I want to point out, and you said it on the show yesterday about Rutgers and that Rutgers-Michigan game. Rutgers covered the first half number, which is something that I was on with a small play, because 
I was thinking exactly about what you're saying. Michigan down the two players more so than the coach would have that immediate impact. Feels like they found something in the second half. So at least if you played him in the first half with Rutgers. I did as, not. As Good I move did. by you. I, I expected Ron Harper and Geo Baker to show up last night. When your top two players go 0 for 8 from 3, that's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to get your butt beat. Absolutely. I do have some uh, in-pocket plays. And the reason why I wanted to give them out now is because, again, I'm time zone challenged a little bit. And realizing that we're getting golf that's getting ready to start on the East Coast I was here. trying to look for it on ESPN Plus up here on the big screen. I think this tournament in uh, the Honda Classic yeah. at Doral is uh, actually about to tee off right now. Well, I took in a first-round matchup the Blonde Bomber, Brooks Kepka. Even money against Billy Horseshoes, Billy Horschel. So I took Kepka. I'm going with the, with the idea that it's a weaker field. Kepka likes to get out. And let everybody know I'm the guy in this locker room that you right. got to worry about. But I expect him to make a statement today. I took Aaron Ray, uh, only minus 102 in his matchup against uh, Pereira. So I think that he's going to get off to a good start. I like him as an extreme long shot in this tournament. And speaking of long shots, C.T. Pan, I played him at 70-1. to one, okay. And I thought with the form that he has coming off last week, <laughs> hopefully he carries that into this week. And then also I did dip in a little Willie Z for Augusta National. 33 to 1. I just, I had to think that the number there for Zalatoris is as good as it might get right now. We'll see if that changes. Mm. But I feel like I got a good number. Yeah. A little slow on the trigger there, Dave. What'd you get him at? Like I got him a, no, I got him a 40 to 1. But uh, there have been some good numbers floating around on Willie Z out there for Augusta and um, 33 to 1. I would not say is a good number. But hey, (laughs) if you cash it, it's a good bet. The win one. Willie Z. Yeah. Uh, We'll (laughs) say that, uh, um, I've also got Cameron Smith at forty-one to one, and Willie Willie Z at forty to one. Those are only two Masters bets I've got at this point. And I know you like Brooks Kepka, yes, and the Masters. Jeff uh, Davis here at Circus said people won't stop betting Brooks Kepka this week in the Honda Classic, and I, I told you I, I thought there was a lot of odds value on Kepka this week because he's twenty-two to one in his backyard. He puts well on these Bermuda type greens, and um, this is a much weaker field than he's going to face. And we know Brooks, Brooks, he gets fired up for the majors, too. Yeah. And that's where he steps his game up, and that's where uh, most of his focus is. But he tied for second in this tournament in the Honda Classic uh, two years ago. And I played him here at 22-1. to one. I got Keith Mitchell at 30-1, to one, Aaron Wise at 45, and Mackenzie Hughes at 50. Um, and to that point about Brooks, he's, yeah. he's striking the ball well. I mean, like, his ball striking is, is really good right now. He's got to make some putts. And you would assume, with this being a favorable surface for him mm-hmm. at the Honda Classic, he will putt better uh, today and this week. So I'm really counting on that today against Billy Horseshoe. I hope so. I think Brooks Kepka tees off, uh, I was saying about 25 minutes. Come on, about a half hour, Brooks Kepka is going to hit the first tee. So I'll try not to Let's sweat. Let's hope he has a good first round. Win Some, Lose Some is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. Log in each Thursday and get a 20% profit boost on college basketball Learn more at BetRivers.com. Well, we do know, and we're going to talk more about uh, Brian Gutekunst and uh, the Green Bay Packers when we come back in just a little bit, uh, but no more football, no real problem, because BetRivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and much, much more. So don't miss out on BetRivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same-game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening very fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at BetRivers. 
Get life with football started with the Bet Rivers app. So, Matt, when we do come back, we are going to talk about the Packers here. And later on in the program, we're going to do some future plays in the NFL on where we think certain quarterbacks might be taking that first snap Dave, next year. <clears throat> don't interrupt me right now because I'm looking at the Bet Rivers Super Bowl. Wait a minute. These are Super Bowl MVP or NFL MVP odds? This what would are be, these would be NFL MVP <laughs> okay. odds. I mean, if we already know who's in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, if you've uh, – well, the, the, the sheet we were given says right. Super Bowl MVP odds, and I'm thinking that should say NFL Correct. MVP. Correct. We'll, we'll okay. go over that as well and get some thoughts that you might like for some plays for next year already. Boy, that's a tough one to navigate when you don't know the makeup of a lot of these rosters. Like, yeah. is Aaron Rodgers going to be in Denver? What's that roster going to look like? You know what it looks like in Green Bay. Could he actually go three for three? I don't think so. But we'll talk about those numbers and much more. And again, we're going to have Greg Peterson join us this hour as well. Yeah, Hoops Peterson does not get a lot of sleep. Doesn't need it. Doesn't uh, need it. The way he's he like handicaps. 27, 28 years old. He's a, he's a kid. You don't need sleep when you're that young. But he's a really smart young man. So come on back. We got much more to get to. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussions around your local teams, well, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and now even the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. It is Follow the Money, Dave Ross. Matt Eumann's right here on VEASAN, and there's always drama. And I know that Aaron Rodgers, whether or not he says he wants it or not, he attracts it. So oh, he wants it. You think he likes it? Yeah, yeah, he's playing the media and uh, like a cheap fiddle. I think he wants it, no question. I don't know that Brian Gutekunst wants it. I don't know that any GM, not named Jerry Jones, really wants to be always the guy talked about. Jerry right? Jones certainly wants it. He loves it. Yeah. Jerry craves it. Stephen Jones doesn't, but Jerry loves it. So Brian Gutekunst made it very clear that he is uninterested in trading number 12 Aaron Rodgers this offseason, and he basically was leading everybody to, look, we've got a shot to win this thing. So as long as we have 12 under center, we're going to be okay. Now, a key to that would be whether or not you have 17, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. So let's hear from the GM about possibly using that franchise tag on Devontae. Obviously a tool that's made available to us, um, and if we need to use it, we certainly will. I think we'd love to come to an agreement before that, you know what I mean? That's, um, but it is a tool to be able to protect one of your, one of your star players. And, um, but at the same time, I think that's not the way we, we kind of like to exhaust all op- options before we get to that point, you know. Um, but um, it, it is a tool that's available to us. Yeah, it's a tool that's used a lot, and then – the funny thing is when players get the tags slapped on them, they go, oh, so disrespectful as you're, what, one of the top five highest paid players at that position. Kirk Cousins did this in D.C. and made a king's ransom off the franchise. Yeah, you paid $30 million, $33 million, uh, one season on one season contracts. I'm Disrespect not, me. I'm not gonna, yeah, no kidding. Right? But I'm not going to cry for a player who's going to make that type of money over one season. And by the way, this franchise tag is used a lot 
but not by the Packers, who haven't used it in the past nine or ten years. Right. So they, I mean, to Gutekunst's point, he wants to try to work out a deal. But I don't know that 17 wants to be there long term if 12 isn't going to be there long term. So when you look at those kind of moving parts, they are a little bit, you would think, joined at the hip for a long-term contract. Sure. If this is going to be a short run back, and it might just be one year for Aaron Rodgers, then the tag would make sense to do it on 17, realizing that we're not going to give him a long-term deal, nor might he want to stay if Aaron Rodgers is not going to be there. So you look at the Packers. They get to the NFC title game a year ago, lose to Tampa Bay at home. They don't even get that far this year as the number one seed when they lose mm. in their first game against, against San Francisco. So Gutekunst was asked about basically managing the cap, and do they have enough to make another run? He addressed it thusly. I think it'll be a little bit of both, but I don't. I'm, I don't see us having to get rid of a bunch of players. You know, I mean, like, like I said, it'll, we'll kind of we'll move through that as we go through it. But um, yeah, I think we have a lot of different options, and depending on kind of where we where we head. Um, but this isn't going to be one of those things where we're you know it's not a fire sale where we're cutting a bunch of guys. You know, I thought last year, this time last year, Rodgers was already throwing Gutekunst under the bus, right? Like, he didn't respect him because Gutekunst came up from the ranks of Green Bay. When Aaron was there after the Favre stuff, he was just kind of a peon that rose all the way to being GM. I was there in D.C. years ago with Jack Kent Cook was, was the owner, and Charlie Cassidy came up the ranks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people kind of looked at him, well, this guy used to be an intern, right? That's the way that kind of he did, Rodgers did Gutekunst. I think he seems like he and Mark Murphy pretty proficient in that front office. So he says, we're going to be able to manage this cap. We're not going to have to sell off all of our players. We can keep 12 and 17. Like it's Kevin Bacon at the end of animal house. All is well might only be for one more year that all is well, but it feels like, I think I believe Gutekunst that this is not a fire sale dump everybody. If Rogers abandoned ship. Well, I think what the Packers got to try to do is run it back <laughs> one more time. Uh, we give it one more year. That's where your focus has to be. And uh, well, let's face it, if they come up short again, uh, I think the expiration date will have passed on Rodgers and Green Bay. Look, I bet the Packers to win the Super Bowl the last two years. Good I had luck. them a double-digit odds. I thought it was a pretty good bet. <clears throat> they blow the game to Tampa Bay in the playoffs this year to stay – Pathetic offensive performance against the 49ers, and I think Aaron Rodgers has got to take some of the blame for that, especially what happened in the second half of that game. You're right. The previous year, he threw everybody under the bus and didn't take any of the blame. He didn't play well in that game against Tampa Bay, necessarily. He he made a couple big mistakes in that game. He didn't play well against the 49ers this year. Um, You know, you can't continue to throw other people under the bus all the time and not take some responsibility for your team coming up short in the playoffs. But I think it's, it's still the right thing to do if you're Gutekunst and uh, Murphy is to try to convince Rodgers and Devontae Adams, slap the franchise tag on Adams, and say, we're going to do this one more year. This is our last best shot to win a Super Bowl. If it doesn't work in 2022-23, that's it, you know. The flip side of that is, if you trade Aaron Rodgers now, you can get two or three first-round draft picks, three plus more in return uh, for Aaron Rodgers, and that's where you can kind of set yourself up for the future if you don't want to do one more year. And I, that's the kind of thing you, you got to wrestle with as a GM and a president because you have to have a big-picture view of the whole thing too. Yes. And this is all about winning championships, and I think the Packers do feel like, hey, if we bring him back for one more year, we can win a Super Bowl. And uh, 
They could. Well, they're theoretically, lies- but they could have won a Super Bowl the last two years too, and they blew it in the playoffs when they had uh, games at their home field and uh, couldn't get it done. So sixteen to one right mm-hmm. now to win the Super Bowl next year are the Packers. And the sixteen to one is kind of middle ground because you don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there or not. If, mm. if you if Devontae Adams is re-signed and Rodgers is back, that sixteen to one is going to become like uh, ten or twelve to one at most books. That's exactly what I would think. So I don't know if it's GM Matt Humans. Or GM Brian Gutekunst, but he agrees with you about one more year. Let's go all in. Take a listen from the GM. Obviously, our football team is in kind of a, a, a position right now where, like, I think, you know, um, you know, like to to uh, compete for championships. And I don't think we're gonna, you know, try to. Um, that's what that's that's what the main goal is about right now. You know what I mean? And it always has been, and it always you know, but. When the pandemic hit, we, if we were going to continue to be that way, then we were going to have to do some different things. And I credit, you know, I give Russ a lot of credit with his creativity and then some of the things we've been able to do to, to keep the team together. But, you know, it's all, we've always been about championships here. That's all that matters, Super Bowls. So I guess the question would be, it's 16-1. to 1, And Aaron Rodgers, by the way, uh, shortlist, obviously, to go back-to-back-to-back to, back to, back to be MVP, I believe, plus 700 for next year. Not going to happen. I agree. If this goes south, if it goes bad, Green Bay, and you take another ticket at 16 to 1 mm-hmm. and it doesn't cash again, Rodgers is not going to be here in two years. We're not going to be having the same discussion this time next year. But I wonder if Gutekunst will be on. Will people blame Gutekunst? Will they blame Rodgers? Like, who's going to get the blame? Blame everybody. Everybody. Just <laughs> carte blanche. Everybody's got to go. Well, here, what I find. Uh comical about this whole thing is that Gutekunst to Murphy thought that Rodgers didn't have much left two years ago. Uh-huh. And that's why they traded up into the first round to draft Jordan Love, a quarterback out of Utah State. They thought Rodgers was basically at the end of the line, didn't have a lot left to, left to offer. And Rodgers is like, all right, screw you. I'm going to go out and play at an MVP level the next two years. And where's Jordan Love? He's nowhere near ready to play. Wait we saw second. that in the game against the Chiefs this year. But if you're going to trade up into the first round to draft a quarterback like this, you have to be prepared to make him your quarterback of the future by the third year. Nah, this, is, huh? this is the genius of Brian Gutekunst. But Gutekunst, I, I, they, I think they, he's smart enough to realize that there's no way you're going to win a Super Bowl next year with Jordan Love as your quarterback because Devontae Adams is not going to. Maybe that was the cattle prod to Aaron, right? Look at the kid. We got the back. kid waiting huh? to take your job. By the way, to that point, you're right on. They, he was asked about Jordan Love. Not going to receive calls on Jordan Love. If you're, by the way, what GM? Is calling Brian Gutekunst going, hey, since you got Aaron, you want to get rid of Chris Ballard or the Colts might be. What do you think he would offer? Realistically, for a guy you drafted in the first round two years ago uh-huh. that's shown you nothing in two years, what do you think a valid offer from another GM would be? Uh, future second and third round picks? I don't know. I'd take that. You give me a two and a three? The Colts did like uh, Jordan Love coming out of college. The Colts were one of the teams that did like him, so... I'm sure there's a couple other teams that like Love as well. Um, you could get something for him. I just, I, I think it's BS when he says he's doubtful to take the call. No, nah, not picking up the phone. First of all, you have to take the call. That's it's your job. It's irresponsible not to take the call. You, you have to absolutely, <laughs> at least absolutely. field the offers and see what's out there. You have to pick up the phone and say, no, we're not going to deal yeah. Jordan Love, but you got to pick up the phone. 
No more football with no problem. Bet River Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, much, much more. Don't miss out on Bet River's many daily specials. Try your hand at live player props or same game parlays, no matter what you bet on. You can get on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with Bet Rivers app. When we come back, the man who never sleeps, Greg Hoops Peterson. Going to break down everything in college basketball. Come on back. It is VC, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The Sports Betting Network. Need more college basketball insight? We'll check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops Peterson will look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find the best betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season. And on this podcast, he provides his unique insights and looks for those games that have solid betting opportunities. Download Coast to Coast Hoops now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. While you're there, catch up on every VEASAN show as well. Dave Ross alongside Matt Humans. We just read about him. Why not bring him in? Greg Hoops Peterson. Follow him on Twitter as I do at GUnit underscore 81. I think the most frequently asked question, Matt, is Greg Peterson, when do you sleep? How do you answer that question? I answer how I honestly answer. I'll sleep when I'm dead. I am still up from doing the look at a few hours ago. We're still in the same clothes because I wound up grabbing some food, just have been handicapping for Friday, getting a little bit of a head start <laughs> into Saturday. So we're all good to go right here. I love it. This Greg. guy's great. What's Somebody what? asked me the same question last week. You don't seem to sleep much. I said, well, I condition my body. I don't need much sleep. And he's like, well, your body might fight back on that soon. I said, okay, thanks for the warning. Thank you, right. Thanks for appreciate the appreciate it. Thanks for the skepticism. <laughs> Greg, give us a, uh, a quick breakdown of what a 24-hour period is like during hoop season right now, like midnight to midnight. Uh, what's your schedule like, buddy? Well, with the look at I wound up doing that from 10 p.m. Pacific to 1 a.m., then you wind up getting in your drive back. <clears throat> Excuse me. You wind up getting your drive back in get a little bit of food in the system, and then from there, just get into handicapping more games. Like for the Thursday card, I want to finish that up Wednesday night. 
here for the Friday card that just wound up getting finished up by me. And I always try to get a head start on the Friday card because then you wind up getting into Saturday where you've got a hundred million billion games to break down. <laughs> Typically it's between 130 and 150. If you try doing that all in like two to three hours, you're just not going to be able to get the job done. So I'll be doing that until like seven, eight AM. I wish a couple of friends happy birthday on Facebook for five minutes, talk to the fiance, and then from there we get in our jog. We wind up taking a look at numbers that might have been moving, firing some bets, and then we wind up starting to get into podcasts, preparing for shows for the next day. So it's a full gamut of a little bit of everything. All right, when you say we, mm. is that you and your fiance go for a jog and then you and your fiance fire bets together, or did you just use we instead of I? I just use we instead of I. Okay. okay. Nobody else is crazy enough to take that jog with me. I just wondered. Okay. I wondered if she ran with you every day, too. Okay. Sounds, sounds like balance to me, though. Let's I, hit the schedule, yeah, Dave. I we mean, got a lot of games to talk over in the next seven minutes and 40 seconds. Well, let's, let's get go. to the top one of the board, and that is Gonzaga against the Dons of San Francisco, Greg. When you look at this, we talked about it off the top of the show. Is there danger tonight for the number one team in the country? I don't think so. This team has been a bulldozer out there in West Coast Conference play. I know that a lot of people are t- talking about a look-at spot with St. Mary's upcoming as well. I really don't see it. Gonzaga time and time again out there in the West Coast Conference. When they see a team that probably is going to be able to make the NCAA tournament, they do everything humanly possible to drill them into the ground. And while we all talk about the Gonzaga offense, which is terrific on a points-per-possession basis, number two in the country, their defense is number three in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis as well. You've got true Timmy, Chad Holmgren combining for right around 16 rebounds, 32 and a half points per game. And it's just so unfair going up against Chet Holmgren. A guy that's seven feet tall that shoots 44% from three and average <laughs> three and a half blocks per game. I mean, how do you have any shot of that? And for San Francisco, this is the same team that lost at home to Portland a few weeks ago. So I do think that there is some worries here for San Francisco. They wound up probably getting a little bit bad and happy after they wound up just completely bludgeoning Pacific, scoring over 100 points in that game. I think that it's going to be a rude awakening for them. I want to make Gonzaga twelve and a half point favorite. Mostly seeing nine and a half to tens out there, and I think that that's a very solid number delay. Unless right. Bill Russell's playing for the Dons, it could be tough against Holmgren and company. Uh, you know what? At this age, I don't think Bill Russell's going to be much of a threat to <laughs> Holmgren and Drew Timmy. Uh, that's one concern you would have with San Francisco. They might get eaten alive around the basket right. in that matchup tonight. How about Arizona? Another team with a big front line. Skilled big guys, Wildcats on the road, laying 11 in Salt Lake City against Utah, Greg. I made my number 11 personally. I'm seeing some 11 halves pop, and let me tell you right now, I do not anticipate this going down to like Arizona 10, 10 and a half or anything like that. I think that this is just going to be a big influx of Arizona money. And if you wind up getting north of 11, it's going to be a take for me on the Wildcat or on the on Utah because with Utah, they do have a nice home court advantage. And they're a team that they hit the free throws. They shoot right around 70.5% at the free throw line. Utah looks a little bit worse than what they are because Brennan Carlson, seven-footer, has been out for much of the season. you got a guy, David Jenkins. He averages nine points per game, shoots right around 39% from three-point range. And we saw with Utah, the first time they matched up against Arizona, they were actually hanging in there the first 24 minutes of the game. They were down something like two, four points. Mm-hmm. And then Arizona, as they've done so many times this year, they wound up going on a big, giant burner run. Arizona's one of the best in all of college basketball at being able to put those together. But I think that Utah is going to be a little bit more equipped to be able to handle those. Being out there in Utah, I do think that they're going to be able to hold within this summer. Set this summer at 11, like I said, 
I anticipate this going up, and in some places right now, I'm racing at 11 and a half. All right. G-Unit, kind of like the uh, home dog there, the Utes against uh, Arizona tonight. And I should point out, it's about 5 in the morning in Vegas, and G-Unit's wearing a sport coat at home. Nice job, That's Greg. What he does. All right, how about one more Pac-12 home dog tonight? Can I interest you in Oregon plus three against UCLA? Oh. This is just too short. With Oregon, <laughs> they're very well coached with Dana Altman with this Oregon team, typically this is a time that they wind up peaking. I just don't see it with this year's team. You've got a guy, Will Richardson, who's able to give you right around 13 and a half points per game. Shoots a well from three-point range of 43%. By take a look at UCLA, seems like Miles Johnson is really starting to round into form. Eight plus boards in four out of the last five games. You've got Johnny Juzang, who's been very solid at being able to hit about 37.5% of his threes on the road. You've got a UCLA team that also has had Tiger Campbell shooting it better. He's been dealing with a little bit of an injury, was able to play in the team's most recent game, was a little bit hampered with that injury, but I think that he's going to be a little bit closer to 100% in this game. As much of UCLA is, they were a little bit banged up last week. Most of these were minor injuries. They should be at full staff here against an Oregon team that they got one guy averaging more than five and a half rebounds per game. That'd be Impoli Dante has been able to do a solid job. But with Oregon, just a team that they're not doing a good job of being able to put the ball in the basket. They shoot right around 67, 68% the free line. UCLA has been able to do a great job of locking down on defense. 70 points or fewer given up in each other last five regulation games. I'd like this total under, as I said it at a 136 half. I say UCLA a four and a half point favorite. So I'm going away three. All right, Greg, when I look at uh, Illinois and certainly Kofi Coburn up there on the short list for National Player of the Year, they're going to lay six tonight at home against the Ohio State University. What do you make of this matchup? I made this line five and a half. So six was really my buy point for Ohio State. I'm right now seeing six. Hopefully we can maybe get a six and a half out there, but at six, I would still feel comfortable with this. Kofi Coburn, as you mentioned, amazing player. 21 points, 11 rebounds, one of the most immovable objects in all of college basketball, but (laughs) E.J. Liddell has been playing at an All-American level himself, 19 points, seven boards. Guy that's able to give you nearly three blocks per contest. And the guy that's really the X-Factor, Malachi Branham. In true road games, he's been able to give you 14.5 points per game, shoots darn near 50% from three-point range. His emergence for the Buckeyes has been absolutely massive. And I think it's why they're going to be able to hold in this game. And we've noticed with Illinois, their three-point shooting that was so hot at the beginning of the year, it's still solid, but starting to wane a little bit, come back to earth. So I do think that Ohio State catching six is in a good spot here. He's not going to get in trouble for saying darn near, is he? No. Oh, okay. Because he's wearing a sport coat okay. at home. He can do whatever he wants. Checking. Say whatever he wants. Hey, Greg, how about Seattle off that big uh, game against New Mexico State a couple nights ago? Uh, could this be a flat spot for the Red Hawks to go on the road to put, uh, face Utah Valley with uh, a really talented big man for the Wolverines? Yeah, Fadas Amick is a guy that's number two in all of college basketball, giving you over 13 rebounds per game. Actually led all of college basketball last year in rebounds. Shoots 44% from three. But I'm going to be taking a look at the points with Seattle. I saw them opening up one and a half to two. Now we're seeing a lot of two and a half threes. Yeah. So I feel a little bit more comfortable there. I set my handicap at one and a half in this one. So now we're getting to the point where I like to be able to get a three here with Seattle because you've got Riley Grigsby, Darion Trammell, along Cam Tyson. All these guys. Combined to be able to give you over 45 points in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.